Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Thursday, October 19th. On this date in 1944, the U.S. Navy began accepting black women into the waves, which stood for Women Accepted for Volunteer Emergency Service. On this date in 2010, the Pentagon directed the military to accept openly gay recruits for the first time in the nation's history. And here's your morning trivia. On this date in 1814, the first documented performance of a patriotic song we've heard all our lives took place in Baltimore. I'll have that answer coming up. But first, it's time to check your first alert forecast. And good Thursday morning to you. A little cool first thing this morning. We'll be warming up. Lots of sunshine early today. There will be some afternoon cloudiness. Can't even roll out a stray shower near the coast this afternoon. A lot of you will stay dry, though. High temperatures today going up into the mid-70s. A little warmer this afternoon. Now, better rain chance heads our way tomorrow with a cold front, mainly in the afternoon and evening. There could be some scattered showers and perhaps an isolated thunderstorm. Then a cold front comes through. Friday evening and what that's going to do is dry us out very quickly, return us to sunshine for the weekend and provide beautiful weather for both Saturday and Sunday. Highs will be in the mid 70s with morning low temperatures in the low to mid 50s. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast powered by the Low Country's news leader, Life 5 News. Now let's get to your morning headlines. Now to the campaign trail. New Jersey Governor and presidential hopeful Chris Christie will be making a few stops in the Low Country this week. Saturday, Christie will be at a well, he'll be a special guest at the Tell It Like It Is Town Hall that starts at 6 p.m. at Tradesman Brewing Company in Charleston. Doors open at five. Then on Sunday, they'll travel to Beaufort to talk at the Tabernacle Baptist Church worship service at 10 a.m. before making another stop at the Blackstone Cafe at noon. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis will also be making a couple of stops here in the Palmetto State, including one here in the Lowcountry, too. As part of the Never Back Down Tour, DeSantis will attend a meet and greet in Mount Pleasant tomorrow. That event is at 9 a.m. at Saltwater Cowboys. He'll also be holding a town hall ahead of a rally in Worlds Inlet tomorrow afternoon. The presidential hopeful's other stops include Anderson, Rock Hill, and Myrtle Beach. DeSantis will also stop at Winthrop University, which leaders of the South Carolina Legislative Black Caucus say they hope will serve as an opportunity for the governor to learn and grow. SCLBC Chair Representative Ivory Thigpen released a statement in response to his planned visit, saying in part, quote, our country's strength lies in diversity and the ability to learn from its history. But Governor DeSantis's recent actions undermine those principles. The statement goes on to ask Winthrop leaders and students to, quote, show Governor DeSantis the error of his ways and remind him that we are proud of our diversity. DeSantis is making that stop tonight at 7 p.m. Fellow presidential candidate and former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson will also be there. Charleston County Council is fielding some proposals from two groups wanting to take over the old County Department of Social Services building. It's on Rivers Avenue next to a car to stop along the future Lowcountry Rapid Transit Corridor. Now, one of the groups eyeing the building is Develop South Carolina, which wants to bring affordable housing to that area. The other is local nonprofit Palmetto Community Action Program, which is interested in the building serving as its headquarters. The county does owe the land, and the council has yet to vote on any future ideas for that property. 
Berkeley County now has a blueprint to guide it through the next 20 years of growth and development. The one Berkeley Comprehensive Plan hits on the most frequent concerns and priorities from the community, like roadway improvement, preserving cultural and historic areas, and enhancing emergency services. The plan aims to manage the large amount of growth the county has seen over the past two decades. Now that the public has provided feedback and the plan is complete, officials are getting ready for the real work to begin. There are some concerns about the safety of Brownswood Road and Southwick Drive on Johns Island. Weeds and dirt covering the road, guardrails left near the roadside, and road signs that are becoming invisible are just some of the issues. Traffic anchor Alicia Wimberly is joining us now. So, Alicia, you looked into these problems yourself. What can you tell us about what's driving this person crazy? Yeah, good morning, Katie and Shelby. Well, I got the chance to talk to someone who lives in the area of Brownswood Road and Southwick Drive, and they tell me they don't want these issues to get worse. Now, what are these issues? Well, the person I talked to didn't want to go on camera, but did provide pictures of these issues, which is what you're seeing on the screen right now. The viewer claims the weeds and dirt on Southwick Drive cover about 18 inches of the road on a very sharp corner, making the road narrow on an already dangerous curve. You can also see road sign arrows almost completely covered by weeds driving on the road. The viewer says cars crash in the ditch here regularly. They claim they towed SC DOT about this years ago, but nothing ever happened. Now, on Brownswood Road, the viewer I talked with claims a crash that happened months ago left debris in the area, adding an old guardrail is still sitting on the bridge on the roadside, and at night or in the rain, it's dangerous. Uh, we've reached out about all of these safety concerns and forwarded them to the South Carolina Department of Transportation. We've also reached out and asked, will the public have to submit more than one request if they do not receive a response or any feedback? In the meantime, you know where to go if you have a road safety concern. Head to live5news.com and click on this web story. In Orangeburg, students are signing pledges to reduce youth gun violence in their communities. 700 students filled the Lake Marion High School gymnasium to take part in that pledge yesterday. They heard from Michelle Green, a member of the organization Voices of Black Mothers United. She lost her two sons to two separate gun violence incidents. I just want to encourage our children to know that they can live. I have spoken to so many that the violence is so great in our communities that some don't feel that they'll live beyond 21. But I want to encourage them that they can live full, fruitful lives. They just have to make that effort to, to basically, like what we're doing today, take a pledge. After the speech, students signed the pledge stating they'll never bring a gun to school, never use a gun to settle a personal problem, and to use their influence with friends to keep them away from guns. Every day, thousands of school buses track across the roads to bring kids to and from school and their other activities. But law enforcement wants to help keep more of our precious cargo safe. State officials say school buses are as safe as they've ever been thanks to some new features like these bright light-up signs. But some drivers, as you can see here on this video, are not adhering to those warnings, creating some really dangerous situations. In order to combat this, the State Department of Education announced it's adding cameras to stop arms on the newest buses that are rolling out. It will detect someone who passes a school bus that has the stop arm extended. Uh, it then sends an alert. We are able to capture that, uh, that incident, and we are able to share that with law enforcement. 
Those cameras are one of several features on new buses, and they're retrofitted on many existing buses to keep those kids safe. They're also adding lighted stop arms and driver alerts on the back door, extended stop arms, and a second arm on the other side of the bus. Now to Washington. Republican Congressman Jim Jordan failed in his second effort to become the Speaker of the House, setting up another vote likely today. Jordan could only afford to lose a handful of Republican votes, but he lost a staggering 22, two more votes than he lost on the first ballot Tuesday. It's also more votes than former Speaker Kevin McCarthy ever lost in 15 rounds of voting back in January. Jordan's second failed vote in two days raises questions over whether he has a viable path forward as the House effectively uh, is frozen ahead of a potential government shutdown next month. Several House Republicans who voted against Representative Jim Jordan's House speakership bid say they are getting threats as they struggle to elect a speaker. Those Republicans say they are experiencing pro-Jordan robocalls, menacing text messages, and even death threats since casting their votes. Jordan condemned the death threat, saying it's just wrong and we don't want it to happen to anyone, any American, anybody, any member of Congress. It's now been more than two weeks after the historic ousting of former Speaker Kevin McCarthy. President Joe Biden says Egyptian officials will open the Rafah crossing into Gaza in order to allow humanitarian aid to the region. More than 3,000 people have been killed in Gaza since the start of the war between Israel and Hamas. And the World Health Organization says the situation is still, quote, spiraling out of control. John Lawrence reports. As pro-Israeli and pro-Palestinian rallies are held separately in the U.S., Gaza is about to get some much-needed assistance. I got no pushback. Virtually none. Let me say it again. I got no pushback. From the Israelis or from from all the partners here? All the partners. The Biden White House has earmarked $100 million worth of support for Gaza and the West Bank. I was very blunt about the need to support getting humanitarian aid to Gaza, get it to Gaza and do it quickly. The funds will be used to support the more than one million people who've been displaced since the start of the war between Israel and Hamas. Material has to get in uh, to Gaza, medicine and food and fuel. Uh, Fuel, by the way, is not just for the civilian population. It it powers things like uh, desalination uh, plants that help provide Water. Israel says it will eradicate Hamas after the militant group's attack on an Israeli music festival earlier this month that killed 1,400 people, while Palestinian officials are blaming Israel for Tuesday's deadly blast on a hospital in Gaza. I went into the building and suddenly heard strikes. Many of my friends were killed. A spokesperson for the Israel Defense Forces and U.S. government officials both believe Palestinian Islamic Jihad is to blame for the hospital attack, which the group denies. I'm John Lawrence reporting. President Biden is scheduled to address the nation tonight at 8 p.m., where he'll talk about the ongoing situation between Israel and Hamas, as well as the war between Russia and Ukraine. Here in South Carolina, State Attorney General Alan Wilson is filing another lawsuit against several companies over so-called forever chemicals. The suit alleges those companies polluted the state's natural resources with those chemicals, also known as PFAS. They are synthetic compounds used in things like food packaging and nonstick cookware. The new suit includes 3M, Buckeye Fire Equipment, and DuPont. In a statement, South Carolina Attorney General Alan Wilson says, I'm a firm believer in the free market, but 
when companies knowingly violate the law and harm South Carolinians in the process, there deserves to be consequences. At the top of the show, I told you that on this date in 1814, the first documented public performance of a popular song took place in Baltimore. It's a song we even play at Live 5 before the start of Live 5 News this morning. Of course, I'm talking about the Star Spangled Banner, our national anthem. If you got that answer right, Francis Scott Key would be proud. Celebrating birthdays this Thursday, actor John Lithgow is 78. TV host Ty Pennington is 59 and comedian Chris Kattan is 53. Thanks for joining us for Morning Y'all, powered by Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. We've almost made it to the end of the week. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.